Recorded live. You're listening to another episode of Freedom Fighters for America World Radio at www.freedomfightersforamerica.com. Coming up next, Al Cuppett doing his show. Al's a former action officer from the Joint Chiefs of Staff out of the Pentagon, now retired and up next. Now the Battle Hymn of the Republic to start the show. Freedom Fighters for America World Radio is sponsored by Freedom Fighters for America. It's February 26, 2014, and thank you for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, up on the fan tail is the host of the show, Al Cuppet. Al? Al, you're on. All right. Uh, thank you, Chris. I see that the lady has got me unmuted, so I can talk. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you landed, the helicopter landed right on the right on the fan tail, exactly the moment that the music went off, so we're good to go. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, there's ice on the fan tail, man. We got we got to chip the ice off the fan tail. Ship's getting heavy in the back, you know. <laughs> Hold on, I I think we have some more music in the background. Let me just turn that off. We'll turn them off and we'll start. Alrighty. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brother Al Cuppick from the palatial state of Virginia, now ruled by a Democratic governor who stole the election by letting a third-party candidate run. They paid him money, evidently, and uh, he didn't have a chance of winning. They've done it four times here in the state, run a third-party candidate, and the GOP voters, of course, haven't got smart enough to figure out what's going on. But I saw it way back when Bill Clinton ran. uh, They ran Ross Perot, and Clinton 
Ross Perot took 6% of the vote the first time, 3% the second time. Clinton won twice. But that's politics. Politics will never solve anything. It's only going to be the Lord that solves the problems. It's going past politics now. It's it's past just about everything except the hand of God to intervene to save a bunch of us. So let's have a word of prayer before we start. Let the Lord bless the program. I'm here because I love you. You know, Nathan went in to see David and said, David, thou art the man. And I'm here to tell you that the truth about things, David could have cut Nathan's head off. And Nathan went in and told him what he'd done wrong. And David repented. He loved Nathan enough to go in there. He could have got his head whacked off because the king could kill anybody he wanted to. But David wasn't that kind of a guy. But Nathan said, thou art the man, David. So David repented, and he went on to be a great king. Anyhow, I'm here tonight. It's the what is it, 26th day of uh, February of 2015, the year of our Lord. A word of prayer before we go any further. Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. Forgive us of our sins, our words, and trespasses, and deeds, O Lord. Be with us this night. Lord, as we bring this petition before your throne and lay it upon your altar, we ask you to hear these words, O God, and grant them. According to your riches and glory, touch these hearts and lives, Lord, Lord, that we're going to pray for. Thank you, Jesus, for all your mercy and your grace. We pray tonight, Lord, for Israel and Jerusalem. We pray for Jerusalem. We pray for Prime Minister Netanyahu, who will soon be coming to this country. And, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over him, that nothing happens to him as he comes to our nation, Lord. That the evil in Washington is enough to wipe out anyone, Lord, but we claim the blood of Jesus over him, that he comes in and makes his speech. Lord, we ask you to bless Israel this night, and yea, forevermore, that you might bless the land of Israel, to the disdain of all others who will not support Israel. Father, we ask tonight that you would spare the elect and the very elect of the of the bride of Christ, and that you would spare the Jews from the coming Holocaust, as many, O oh God, as is possible. We pray it in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, for Stan and his business venture up in New Jersey. We ask you to touch his ministry, Lord, work it out for him. We pray for the Johnsons and their family out in Arizona. We pray for the property and so forth that they're doing. We pray you to make this come to pass, Lord. We pray for Linda, Grandma Linda, and Tammy. And we pray for Austin and Myron and Ted. Touch their hearts and their lives, Lord. And Catherine, for John and Jean and Austin and Aaron, we pray for all of those. And we pray for Isaac and Lou and Nisa down in South America. Be with them. They're far from America, Lord, but we know your hand is with them. Watch over them. We pray for Rosemary, Spencer's sister in North Carolina. Watch over her in her old age, O Lord. We pray for Elizabeth and Herbert in the land of South Africa. Be with them, Lord. For Bob and Norma, watch over them and their family. For Chris and Anna, we ask you to watch over this couple, Lord. Bring the desires of their heart to pass, according to your riches and according to your will. We pray for Harriet. We pray for Dawn and Dave, Drew, and uh, Lord, we pray for them all. We pray for Sarah. We pray for Ted. We pray for Karen in the land of China. Watch over them in the land of Cathay. We plead tonight for my own son, Lord. We plead for his deliverance from this sickness, O Lord, according to your prophet's words. We pray for Leslie, Kathy, and Joyce. 
And we plead the blood over Mike and David, Lord, the blood of Jesus, to protect them from the forces of the evil ones against powers and principalities in high places. Here's Linda, Pat, and Ted, and Matthew, Kelly, Teddy, and Christian, Christian Lord, to the Mike and Bill up in the cold state of New Hampshire, over all that snow is. We ask you, O oh Lord, to watch over that place. And Lord, we feel what's going to happen when the spring thaw comes, Lord, in Massachusetts. Nevertheless, Lord, your will be done, and spare your saints of God, Lord, who live there. We pray for Milton and Bailey and all of them. We pray for Marilyn and Dawn up there, Lord. And we pray especially for Mary out in Washington, for David in Arizona, for Joe and Kathy in Maryland. They've asked for prayer. We pray for Jason and his quest for salvation, Lord, and certainly Jesse in Louisiana. Lord, if there's any unspoken request tonight, we ask that you would meet it this night. Touch that need tonight, and we've forgotten anyone, Lord. We ask you to bless them and to touch their need this night. Now, Lord, bless the program, bless the producer, and bless the listeners in this network. For we ask in the name, amen and amen. Now, folks, I usually read the scripture. I'm going to have to read it again because nothing has changed. It's a very important scripture. And uh, it's in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. It just says this. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. That's the same sex bunch. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, that is in their emotions, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, High-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Today, folks, I was going through Walmart, picking up a few things. There's a lady there named Teresa. She well, I'm Catholic, and I'm going to be that way. I said, well, we were Catholics until 1914 when my great-uncle became saved and born again. Him and my grandfather got together and put up seven churches in western Maryland over from 1917 to 1960. Well, I'm going to see Joel Osteen. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, he's not going to tell you how to get saved. He's not going to tell you which Bible to use, which is the right Bible, and he's not going to tell you he must be born again. And uh, I said, you know... Uh, Mary said, Mary the Virgin Mary said, I rejoice in God my Savior, Savior from sin. She was a sinner, and she was no more able to be a co-mediatrix or a co-mediator than anybody else on this earth. She was the mother of Jesus, yes, but his father was the Holy Ghost and the Father in Heaven. And... uh Remember that I told you on the 26th day of February, you got to be born again. And you can't worship Mary and make it to heaven. But she was adamant. But I said, well, I told you on the 26th. Have a nice day. See you next time. Let's look at a couple of ends here. Um, I got a letter from Oki out in... Uh, 
Texas. Let's hear it for a Quebec mayor, or as the commercial promoting promoting pork says, put some pork on the fork. <laughs> mayor refuses to remove pork. Why? Muslim parents demanded the abolition of pork in the school canteens of a Montreal suburb. The mayor of Montreal, suburb of Doval, has refused, and the town clerk sent a note to all the parents to explain why. Muslims must understand that they have to adapt to Canada and Quebec, its customs, its traditions, its way of life, because that's where they chose to immigrate. They must understand that we have to integrate, that they have, I'm sorry, that they have to learn to integrate and to learn and live in Quebec. And if they say in Canada, Quebec. They must understand that it is for them to change their lifestyle, not the Canadians who so generously welcome them. They must understand that the Canadians are neither racist nor xenophobic. They accepted, that means don't like strangers. They accepted many immigrants before Muslims, whereas the reverse is true that Muslim states do not accept non-Muslim immigrants. That no more than other nations, Canadians are not willing to give up their identity and their culture. No more than any other nation wants to give it up. And if Canada is a land of welcome, it's not the mayor of Dorval who welcomes foreigners but the Canadians and the Quebecois, people as a whole. Uh, Quebecois means the French-Canadians, French word for the people from Quebec. Finally, they must understand that in Canada, in Quebec, with its Judeo-Christian roots, Christmas trees, churches, and religious festivals, religion must remain in the private domain. Well, that's, that's questionable. It should be in the public domain. It should be preaching the gospel every chance you get. But anyhow, the municipality of Dorval was right to refuse any concession to Islam and Sharia. For Muslims who disagree with secularism and who do not feel comfortable in Canada, there are 57 beautiful Muslim countries in the world. Most of them are underpopulated and ready to receive them with open arms in accordance with Sharia law. If you left your country for Canada and not for other Muslim countries, it is because you have considered that life is better in Canada than elsewhere. Ask, you, ask yourself this question just once. Why is it better here in Canada than where you came from? And a canteen with pork is part of the answer. So, just thought I'd read you what we're facing here, folks. Okay, what's next here? As Paul Harvey would say, page two. Had a letter here from a fellow named Doug. Greetings, Brother Al. Difficult to find a believer who understands John's Christian code language. Well, I think he's referring to the Biblical mathematics in the King James Bible. And uh, he gives me a scripture here, folks, that uh, he wants me to read. I'm going to read it. And 
answer his letter on this program. First John 4, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they are of God. Because many false prophets are going out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh is not of God. And, that, and this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. I don't like the implication maybe here, but uh, he says, I'm going to ask, is there a good archive of all of Brother Bob's messages audio written? And I have recorded several hours of your conversation with him from some of the programs going back to 2013. Blessing to you, Doug. Well, first of all, Bob is not a false prophet. I'm not saying that you say he is, but uh, he is not. And I'm going to read some things, some more things to you here, right about now. He confesses that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. The Lord spared him in, from death when he died. He actually died on the operating, died in the hospital. The Lord brought him back. And he now is going to do the things the Lord called him to do, and that's be a prophet. He thought being a missionary and a evangelist and a Pastor was what God wanted him to do, but it wasn't. And he come down with a set of kidney stones that went on for about five years, and the Lord talked to him during that period of time. There's a greater calling than a pastor. There's a greater calling than an evangelist. There's a greater calling than a, than a missionary on a foreign field. I want to save this for later on, but I'm going to... Uh, read this to you. I sent this out on the internet and uh, it's a conversation I had with him and some specifics which he spoke to me earlier in time. I said, I'm behind the power curve on this info below. Sorry about the capitals and the lower case running all together. About three weeks ago, Brother Bob warned me that Americans were going to fight against ISIS. I was surprised. I said, they're going to fight against ISIS. He said, yeah. He said, if you put this info out, you're going to be the enemy of the bad guys. I said, well, I'm already the enemy of the bad guys, so I'm going to put it out anyhow. He said that Americans fighting against ISIS is contrary to this administration's doctrine and personal desires on this particular issue. Well, I can understand that. This administration has put a bunch of Muslims in power up there, and they want the Muslims to be victorious, and certainly not having U.S. citizens fighting against their buddies, ISIS. I sent a report out, and uh, yesterday there was a U.S. citizen on the 630 News with a headscarf and with a scoped rifle claiming to be a Christian, quote-unquote, fighting for Christians, quote-unquote, against ISIS. This is in some country over there. I'm assuming it was Syria. Well, Bob was three weeks ahead of that news. He told me that three weeks ago. 
about nine years ago, Bob warned that the Islamic Jihad would, would attack malls in the USA. He said they're going to use body cavity bombs. I even put this on a video, one of my videos. I think it was on Church or Pearls to the Very Elect, or it may have been on uh, I Am vs. New World Order. But I broadcast that information that they're going to go after the malls. About a month after Bob warned about these body cavity bombs that were going to be used by these Islamic suicide jihadists, they had a motto, and the motto was, a little bit goes a long way. A little bit of explosive internally goes a long way, you know. About a month later, it happened. I saw this on BBC, the newscast itself. I saw it. There was blood all over the room because a month later after Bob had told this thing about body cavity bombs, the Saudi French was shown to have been blown up but not killed by a terrorist in a palace in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. The terrorist had called, wanting to turn himself in. He's a bad guy. I don't want to turn myself in. Well, they were looking for him, so said, okay, come over to the palace. He came in jeans, wearing only a T-shirt, and carrying his cell phone. He made a call on a cell phone, standing in front of the prince, and boom, blood everywhere. Seriously injuring the prince. Now, to any of you who don't believe the Lord has his prophets today, you need to repent of such a ridiculous conclusion. You think, if you think like some of our Baptist friends, that prophecy stopped with the 12 apostles, you need to read Acts, 12, Acts 8, 11, verse 28, and Acts 21, verse 11 and 12. Because he talks about a dearth was going to come in the land. Agabus says there's going to be a dearth coming, and it came in the days of Augustus Caesar. And in Acts 21, he tells Paul, he takes Paul's belt and girdle off of him and says, the man that this girdle belongs to is going to be locked up and arrested. That's prophetic, and it happened. That's where a prophet of God comes along and gives you information ahead of time. That can happen, and it's happened to me a hundred times in my lifetime. Agabus is the precedent for the prophets of today's church and prophets of the Lord to be able to be biblical and real-time for today. They do it for our edification and our blessings and our guidance. Also on this telephone conversation, Bob said they are aiming for two or three malls or maybe four malls, and maybe I only, only, he only mentioned two, but I got it wrong in this letter. I mentioned the one in Minneapolis, which is the one they're covering. He didn't mention that one, but he says there's one in Atlanta and there's one in Dallas. He may have mentioned another. I can't remember. But I'm going to cover this on Freedom Fighters, 8 p.m. on the 26th, and here we are. He also said that Disneyland and Disney World is going to be a target of these people. He told me this on the 27th, which was yesterday morning. He said ISIS is planning to attack four other places. One, the Southern Baptist Convention leadership and headquarters. I think that's in Atlanta. 
as well as the Dallas Theological Seminary, which is a Baptist seminary out in Dallas. And the Assemblies of God Graduate School in Springfield, Missouri. And he, they say, he said they're going to attack another Assembly of God facility, the name which escapes me, but I think it'll be the headquarters of the Assemblies of God in Springfield, Missouri. He also mentioned a while back to watch out for the date of Saturday, February the 28th. I said, what's going on? He says, I don't know. I just, the Lord says, watch out for the 28th. Well, a few days ago, Michael Savage, who's on, who's the host on Savage Nation, and by the way, he's Jewish, and he's got guts. He stands up and says the truth. Glenn Beck recently has backed down into a bunch of jib, jibber-jabber up there with him and Stu and Pat. Savage doesn't back down. He says that ISIS has designated the 28th to be the day of blood. Whoa. Well, I don't know if it's going to be a day of blood or not. I just know that Brother Bob said, take note of the 28th of February. said to me, what's the value of the number 44 in, in Bible numerics? I said, well, there's nothing known about 44 right now. But I said, what about 4 slash 4? April 4th. That's the first of the two blood-red moons this year. Now, Bob had mentioned on another program that I told you about, he sent some things, and he mentioned the 28th of September and the 4th day of April. And I was, I said, I wrote it down, and I, I put it out. I sent it out. Or I sent it verbally on one of the programs. I was praying at 2.09 on the morning of the 14th, one week ago, see, that's two weeks ago, tomorrow, or Saturday coming. And I was there and praying in something that checked the dates of the 4th and the 28th, the 4th of April, 28th of September. And I went and looked, and sure enough, they're full moons. I ran into my Jewish calendar, and it says, blood red moon. What's going to happen on the 4th of April? I don't know. Bob didn't know either. He didn't know what the significance of the dates until I told him. So we got 4th of April coming. We got 20th of September. 4th of April will be Passover, beginning of Passover. And the 28th of September will be the beginning of the Feast of Tabernacles. So anyhow, I brought that up to you. I don't know what's going to happen those days. I really don't. I don't know if anything's going to happen. But certainly, the, he pointed out in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit pointed these dates out to him. Here's a, here's a letter from Sheriff Scott M. London of uh, Eddy County, Eco. E-D-D-Y, Eddy. Eddy County, there's an E-D-D-Y County, Mexico. He writes to the Internal Revenue Service, attention Darlene Jones in Phoenix, Arizona. Reference, USA versus Kent Carter, et al., civil number 2, colon 1, 2, EV00469, or CV00469. Dear Ms. Jones, on September 7th, 
I'm sorry, he's using military dates here, okay? On, on 17 September 14, an order in the aforementioned cause to sale. The property defined in the order as the lake property, the tulip property, and the West Edwards property was issued. On 3 October 2014, Mr. Carter filed an appeal with the U.S. Court of Appeals received by the District Court in Las Cruces, New Mexico, on 8 October, and subsequently filed with the U.S. Appellate in Denver, Colorado, civil number 14-2180. This action was proven, has proven that Mr. Carter has not yet exhausted nor waived his due process, whereas the Amendment 5 of the Constitution of the United States, alias the Bill of Rights, states, no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without the due process of the law. And whereas Section 18 of the New Mexico Constitution also states, no person shall be deprived of his life, liberty, or property without due process of law. It is therefore obligatory that the sale scheduled for 19 February 2015 ceased. Thus, I'm notifying you that under the, con the compulsion of my oath to the Constitution of the United States of America, and the Constitution of the State of New Mexico, I shall not allow the sale of these three properties on 19 February 2015. I don't know what happened, but Sheriff Richard Mack sent this out. This is a sheriff standing up to um, tyrannical government, unfortunately. Okay. Let's see what I got here. Here's the. Uh, this is from the Fort Fairfield Journal. This is uh, 7 January 2015. Mainstream media sued for fomenting terrorism amongst the U.S. citizenry. Nobody died in Sandy Hook, Connecticut. The event was just a FEMA drill. Shanley civil lawsuit says. This confirms what I heard also about this thing in Sandy Hook. New London, Connecticut. This is written by David DeShane. It's D-E-S-C-H-E-S-N-E. DeShane, I guess it is in French. Civil lawsuits totaling over a trillion dollars have been filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of Connecticut against several mainstream news corporations regarding their allegedly spreading of the hoax of a mass shooting death at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in 2012. Author and documentary filmmaker William Brandon Shanley from New London, Connecticut, has filed a civil lawsuit after it was determined the alleged mass shooting was merely a drill at an abandoned school. Nobody died at the school building on that day, and various news reporting companies are working in conjunction with, the, with FEMA and others who were politically motivated in order to present a FEMA national-level exercise, NLE drill, as it were a factual event. Annual crime statistics released by the FBI last fall indicate that nobody was murdered in Newtown, Connecticut in 2012. 
thus conflicting with the government and mainstream media's account of the story, where they claim nearly two dozen people died as a result of a mass shooting at that school. Quote, after exhaustive research, the good news is that overwhelming evidence reveals that no children or teachers died at Sandy Hook two years ago, unquote. Mr. Shanley said in a press release, quote, for relief, I have filed lawsuits against the media in U.S. District Court in New Haven for fraud and terrorism, unquote. He claims a famous photo of a female police officer leading children away from the school that appeared in several national publications was staged and did not even occur on the day of the alleged shooting. According to the press release, Shanley claimed plan to call as witnesses, investigative journalists for Veterans Today, Dr. James Spetzer, Ph.D., and former state trooper, Florida State Trooper Wolfgang Halbig, who has also closely investigated the event and has information revealing that it was a false flag. That means somebody else did it, some, and they blame somebody else did it, and somebody else got blamed. In addition to being on the editorial board of Veterans Today, Dr. Fetter, a former U.S. Marine Corps officer, is also a distinguished McKnight University professor emeritus at the University of Minneapolis, Duluth. He's published more than 100 articles and reviews and 20 books in the philosophy of science and on the theoretical foundations of computer science, artificial intelligence, and cognitive science. It says there, C. Sandy Hook, page 12. William Shanley, quote, has undergone, has undertaken a most courageous step by bringing a series of lawsuits related to the fraud known as Sandy Hook. I have published dozens of articles about it, among the most recent being Rejoice for Christmas, No One Died at Sandy Hook or at the Boston Bombing, and the Sandy Hook Hoax, How We Know It Didn't Happen. Another telling article is Sandy Hook Redux. Obama officials confirmed that it was a drill and no children died. We are dealing with facts, not opinions, and not speculation, said Petzer, who has published these articles in Veterans Today. Quote, among our findings are, one, that Sandy Hook Elementary School was closed by 2008 and used as a prop in 2012. Two that there should have been some 469 students to evacuate, but no evacuation was taking place because no students were there. Three, the iconic photograph, that is where the children were even rearranged to get the best shot, was staged. And four, the official report by Danbury State's attorney, Stefan Sedensky, does not establish a casual nexus that ties the alleged shooter to his victims or weapons he's alleged to have used. That you told the Fort Fairfield Journal. We have even located the FEMA manual for a drill to be held on the 13th and the FBI confirmation that no one was murdered in Newtown in 2012. Anyone who thinks we are conspiracy nuts should look at the evidence. But I freely admit we have to be just a bit crazy to be taking this on. As George Orwell observed, speaking the truth is sometimes, in times of universal deceit, 
sorry, speaking the truth in times of universal deceit is a revolutionary act. This was fake terrorism intended to instill fear in the American public to promote a political gun control agenda. It is fortunate that no one died. Wolfgang Halbig, a former Florida State Trooper and school administrator of 36 years, up to and including vice principal and principal, and a nationally recognized school safety expert, says it has taken him almost two years to put this school shooting conspiracy puzzle together. It probably would never have happened until the two homicide investigators came to my home and Sorrento, Florida, from the Lake County Sheriff's Office with directives from the Connecticut State Police. Hey, they're reaching down to Florida. They have no right to go down there. Then if I did not stop asking questions about Sandy Hook, then the Connecticut State Police will arrest me. How big told the Fort Fairfield Journal? Well, I don't know how they're going to arrest me. Connecticut Police can't arrest you in Florida. We are troubled by the fact that key officials and witnesses have fled and disappeared from the scene through retirement or death. The deaths of former New Haven Register reporter Michael Bellamore and Major William Budgorski, 49, Western District Commander of the Canadian, I'm sorry, Connecticut State Police, one of the lead. Sandy Hook investigators are only two of a dozen illustrations. Hmm. Talks about the deaths, okay, of these people. Shanley also says, according to Connecticut State Attorney Stephen Sadensky's own report, there were no fingerprints on the 22 rifle that Adam allegedly used to shoot his mother, and even more surprisingly, that of the large number of shots that were fired from the 5.6 caliber Bushmaster, that's close to 150 rounds, none of the bullet fragments could be matched to the weapon. The lawsuit's name as defendants, a multitude of national, regional, and local newsprint and television news reporting companies, as allegedly being complicit in perpetuating the government's Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook shooting hoax. Shanley says punitive damages of one year's annual revenue from each department are being sought to establish a news trust that will free journalism and restore trust and integrity to our communication sources. Quote, a a democracy cannot survive this tyranny over human consciousness. Unquote. These are the words that he said. Undaunted, how big points to crime scene photos taken from the Sandy Hook Elementary School showing it covered in water damage, mold in the general state of disrepair, looking like it had been abandoned for some time, and says no school principal would have allowed their children to be taught in a place of such disrepair. No school principal would have ever allowed her school to be so filthy and deplorable looking, with so many People just do not understand how they told the Fort Fairfield Journal. Go to an elementary school and look at how he or she maintains the school from the outside in. The inside must smell clean, look clean, and show that they have a school environment and school climate 
in which children can learn and teachers can teach. I investigated the Sandy Hook school shooting as the former school administrator, an angle which Homeland Security and FEMA failed to understand when writing the scripts for that event. The dilapidated state of the building indicated that it had been abandoned for some time and was not occupied by staff or students on the day of the alleged shooting. Halbig also told the Fort Fairfield Journal that he believes the Sandy Hook State shooting was part of a larger PSYOP designed to cause mass mental health issues in the society, thereby disarming a large portion of the populace. It's not all about guns. It is all about mental health. If you have a mental health issue at an early age, and it's documented a decade later, you will never be able to buy a gun. They are coming in the back door since our Constitution allows us to own weapons and guns, but not if you have a mental health issue. Shanley outlines how the defendants allegedly can entered into a multiple, multiple, multi-year conspiracy, meeting in groups separately and together to commit fraud and terrorism. That is to brainwash the public into thinking a lone gunman drill known as Sandy Hook Massacre was real, when in fact it was a state FEMA national level exercise NLE event that redirected government resources to terrorize the public. These crimes are undertaken with the intent of subverting the U.S. Constitution and to affect the national, state, and local laws. This fraud involved lying to the public, faking laws, publishing one-sided news reports, censoring reality, suppressing facts, and deliberately skewing the news to shift public perceptions. In a letter to the Sandy Hook Advisory Commission, Shanley has says that Sandy Hook Justice um, alleges that would be willing and would be willing to present evidence that Sandy Hook Elementary School was abandoned in 2008 and was used as a prop in 2012. That the iconic photograph taken by Shannon Hicks of the Newtown B was staged. The state's attorney, Stephen Sadensky, did not show Adam Lanza committed a crime. That the death certificate for Noah Posner provided by Lenny Posner is not authentic. Hicks has denied staging the photograph. The legal principle, fraud, how do I say that? Vitiates, V-I-T-I-T-S, vitiates everything, or vitiates everything, supports the conclusion that no one died at Sandy Hook. Extraordinary steps have been taken at the local and state level to deny access to relevant proof of death, apart from the fabricated death certificate for Noah Posner. Evidence that could confirm a crime took, that a crime took place is completely missing. This reveals human intent and manipulation of what has been presented as being real, writes Shanley. Quote, this appears to have been a media, media made-for-media event contemporaneous with the Federal Interagency and Connecticut Department of Public Protection and Safety drill and television production rolled out to create 
an entirely false community over a period of a of years projected into the real world using the stage of a I'm sorry I get my, my eyes are blurred here it said that let's try over again this appears to have been a made for media event contemporaneous with the federal interagency and Connecticut Department of Public Protection and Safety drill and television production rolled out to create an entirely false community over a period of years projected into the real world using crisis actors climaxing on the stage of a school that seems to have been closed for asbestos and biohazards and to avoid the expense of meeting ADA requirements. Two Connecticut State Police officers have confided to Mr. Halbig that the 7,000-page document dump is, is the script for the drill. Internet records show that fundraising sites and photographs of the reported victims were operational three days before the event, and in some cases, even longer. They had fundraising things set up for the victims before three days before it even happened. Supposed victims, okay? Well, folks, this is what happens when you get when the truth is so far gone that it cannot, nothing can be confirmed anymore, and they start putting this stuff as fact. Okay? All right. It's now 42 on 8 o'clock, 8.42. I've looked in the newspaper from, from the Charlottesville paper, and it says, New Security Measures at the University of Virginia. Now, those of you who heard about this alleged rape down there a couple months ago in the Rolling Stone magazine, where a co-ed was supposedly raped by a bunch of fraternity brothers, and I have to call it Rapegate, <clears throat> All this went on in the paper, in the news, all across the country, and all of a sudden we find in the paper they've got new security measures at UVA. On Monday, a pedestrian walks past a G4S vehicle parked on the University Avenue near the university grounds. The University of Virginia is now using uniformed ambassadors, quote, unquote, uniformed ambassadors. Provided by G4S, an international international security firm, who are intended to assist with student safety. Wait a minute here. You're going to have international people running across the campus, in and amongst the co-eds and the students from overseas. Are they foreigners? What gives here? The new ambassadors, the new ambassadors, will be managed by university police, according to an announcement from Alan W. Groves, the school's dean of students. Now I'm reading this right out of the newspaper. It's a picture of a white car, and it says on the side of it, G4S, big letters. It's got dark windows, just like all SUVs that the foreign cops are driving all over America, and it says Patriot. Securing your world. 
Here they are again with the foreign coffee sheet. They got foreign people down there. Who knows what auspices they're here under, a green card or work permits or whatever. Are they foreigners? And if they are, why do we need foreigners running around here, police in our university? Because UVA is in cahoots with the New World Order. Okay? That they'll be working for the police. Managed by. Yeah, sure. When you see them so many times, they'll be able to do it. But later on, when things go bad, they'll be armed and they'll be coming out of the woodwork and they'll be locking people up. Just like all the strange cops that we've had around. A G4S. Why not Globe Security? I used to work for Globe Security back in 1963. G4S, formerly Group 4 Secure Corps, is a British multinational security services company headquartered in Crawley, West Sussex, United Kingdom, Britain. The largest, it's the world's largest security company measured by revenues and has operations in 125 countries. Got 620,000 employees, one of the world's largest private sector employers. It was founded in 2004 by the merger of United Kingdom verse based Securior Pick with Denmark based Group 4 Falk. Now, folks, why do we need foreigners? We've got enough American cops out of jobs. We've got enough Americans. We've got, uh, we've got security companies here. Like I said, Globe Security used to provide guards for all kinds of places. I was on a, working part-time for one of them to try to make ends meet as a spec five in the Army. I was guarding a Navy communications facility, which was built on top of an old Nike site in La Plata, Maryland, near La Plata, Maryland. Globe Security. Corporal Lenny Herring was my supervisor, and there's a guy named Sergeant Fox who was his supervisor. And they came out of Globe Security right out of Washington. We've got plenty of security companies in the United States. Why do we need foreigners? Because foreigners don't believe like you and I. They don't believe we should have Bibles. They don't believe we should have nice cars. They don't believe we should have anything, and they hate us if they come from the right part of the world like East Germany, like Czechoslovakia, like Bulgaria, maybe even by Yugoslavia. There's a guy from the Baltic Republic. He's, uh, let's see, there's, 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 there's uh, Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia, three Baltic republics. There was a guy over in Orange, Virginia, who drove a car with BLT on his bumper, on his license plate, Balt. He's a Balt. A Balt is one who comes from one of those three Baltic republics. And he had an Estonia international identification on his car. And he worked at Peters Mountain, the FEMA base, about seven miles away, six miles away from Gordonsville, 
up on top, where we know there's now an ICBM missile been lowered into place up there back in 2009. This guy was a security guard up there. He's one of the guys who said, what you doing here? Get out of here. With his submachine gun cradled in his right arm. So we have this G4S running this security firm. I said I was going to write a new paper, a letter to the paper, but I probably won't. Uh, I get tired of writing letters, and nothing happens when you write one anyhow. But uh, hopefully some people will get smart. All right, what we got here? I've got another page two or three or four. I guess you heard about Brian Williams. Dan Rather got, Tom Brooklyn got fired. Peter Jennings all got relieved of their command for whatever. Dan Rather was sitting there right after 2001 supposed terror attack, and he asked Tom Kenny, who was the FEMA team chief, response chief for FEMA, he said, what did you guys at FEMA do? Kenny was based in Washington. He said, well, we went up Monday night. We were sent up on Monday night. We were ready to go Tuesday morning. Well, that's when the planes hit the tower. He was sent up 15 hours early. Before it happened. Dan Rather didn't bat an eye. He didn't say nothing. He realized he broached some really serious information about this hoax. But he did it. And him and Brokaw and Jennings all left about the same time. Now Brian Williams is messed up. All this stuff is beamed up in Pratt House, folks. There's a central point up there. The four networks pick it up and play the same story on all four networks at 6.30 in the evening or 6 o'clock, depending on which station you watch. They're doing this. It's all bogus. You can't melt steel with jet fuel. Jet fuel will not melt steel. Gasoline, kerosene, diesel fuel, jet fuel all burn from 460 to 560. DP5 will burn at 600 degrees inside of a GE or Pratt Whitney engine, the hottest place it'll ever be found on planet Earth. Mild steel melts at 1,000 degrees centigrade, 400 degrees above that. The chrome molybdenum alloy in those tower beams, when you put chromium and molybdenum in the alloy, you end up with a, a metal that will not melt till 1,600 degrees Celsius. That's 1,000 degrees above the point of burning point of JP5 jet fuel. You drove your car to work today, it had a steel engine, it had steel valves, steel piston rods, pistons, steel piston rings, steel exhaust valves, you fed it gas, did your engine melt? Nothing melted by gasoline or jet fuel on 2001, on September 11th, either, folks. They lied to us. 
the foreign cops are here, and now we are facing ISIS. I had a young lady call me today. She's younger than me. She's not young. She said, Al, this is horrendous. But I live here in this city in a little list, in a little uh, efficiency apartment. My little pension, she says. And here these guys are. These, the ISIS is coming everywhere. She said, I'm going to have to trust the Lord, I guess. I said, yeah, that's right. You're going to have to trust the Lord. And that includes everybody out there. You better start praying because, you know, Freedom Fighters for America put me on here six years ago, more than six years ago. Maybe going on seven years now. And here we are. We warned you about these things for years. And I'm sorry that I was 20 years ahead. I'm sorry if the Board of Supervisors in the city of Town of Madison, Virginia got my information 20 years ahead. But I, they got the information. I told them for 20 years ago. I told the state police commander 20 years ago this was going to happen. Don't blame me because I was early. You want me to tell you the day before it happens? It's going to happen? Or two years before, four years before? Are you willing to believe me no matter what I told you? Because the preachers in this town, in this county, are a bunch of charlatans. They're not preaching the truth to the people in these churches. They're preaching their own Bible, and the people people don't believe the truth when they hear it. You know, if you preach out of a Jehovah's Witness Bible or read out of it, you're going to be a Jehovah's Witness. No. We're coming to grief on this thing, folks. These, these forces are here. They're here now in our land. And here's this G4S bunch providing security all over the world, and who knows who they're hiring. I told you back in 1997 or 8, my buddy Bob went up to the courthouse in Fairfax, Virginia, and he saw these guys in uniforms, and young guys, 25, 26 years old with short haircuts, wearing uniforms with shoulder patches and badges. He said, where are you guys from? But is there a problem? What's wrong? I want to know where you're from. Well, so what's the problem? The problem is, I want to know where you're from. Kazakhstan. I called the place and I got a hold of a guy. Hello, this is Corporal Shamir. Let's say, Corporal Shamir, where are you from? Afghanistan. Well, excuse me, Corporal, is there any American sergeant up there? Yes, we have one. You want his address? I said, if I want his phone number. So I called the sergeant. I said, Sergeant? I just checked with the courthouse, and I find out that there's Kazakhstanis guarding the courthouse. The sheriff says he's not guarding the courthouse. It's a private concern. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. MVM security. Mike Victor Mike, MVM. How many of them you got? 75. 75? Yeah. How much you paying them? Can't tell you that. Where'd you get them? We put out a job announcement, and, and you know, we hired them. You mean 75 guys showed up to a job announcement? 
No Americans showed up. No Canadians showed up. No Spanish folks showed up for the jobs. Just 75 Kazakhstanis. Yeah, that's right. Well, wait a minute here. I said, uh, you just put a job announcement out and 75 Kazakhstanis showed up. Well, do you think it's a security problem? I said, yeah, definitely. Well, we did a background check on them. I said, uh-huh. You did a background investigation. They called the BI. They used to. Who knows what it's called now after 20 years? Who knows this government? You did a background investigation on them, huh? What'd you do? Call his mullah? You call his his uh, commissar? You call his imam or his ayatollah in Kazakhstan on the telephone? <laughs> Here we are. Now, folks. This is starting to get scary to some of you. And I kept telling you, get to the old King James Bible and start reading. Start praying. Stop watching that silly television set that you can't determine what kind of news is coming off of, whether it's lies or the truth. But if you're going to go on the Internet, you better find out who the truth resides with. You can go to outcompet.com. That's the first place you can go looking. You can go to Steve Quayle. Look at his site. But I only speak for mine and Steve's. He's got pretty good stuff. He's had some strange things happen to him, just like after some strange things happen to me. And when you have these strange things happening to you, then you know you're on somebody's toes. <laughs> so that's how it goes. And I'm not a poet. I didn't mean to make a rhyme out of that, but. When you're on some toes, somebody's toes, yep, you get in trouble, and that's how it goes. Now, look, you need to be praying, and uh, you need to send this producer some money to keep this program on. Don't send it to me. You write me a letter, and I'll tell you how to send it to him. I don't want it sent to me. Don't send me any checks or anything like that. If you can't support the producer, then you better support Jerry Golden. This producer risked his life to give you this information and to run this network and to run this program on the Internet. He's had to live out of his car and probably sit outside of McDonald's on Wi-Fi to put the program on. He may be sitting outside of McDonald's or some Wi-Fi environment running the program right now. And he's put me on for free for six years, folks. I go and invited, and I was invited. I go on a Mega Man because I was invited. Mr. called me up in 1997 said, come up here, brother. I was told to go to this church. He called me up front. He said, brother, come up here. The Lord has a word for you. I'd never seen her before. Sister Lou called up. You need to go here, Sister Elizabeth. She uh, travels all over the world and tells stuff, you know. Well, I might go up there. No, you won't, Mike, go. You get up there. I said, okay, okay, I'll go up there. The Lord has a word for you, brother. 
you love your country, you've been a soldier for your country. And I didn't have a bomber jacket on, I didn't have a ball cap on, I had a plain old white blazer on, a light-colored, off-white blazer I was wearing with a tie. And the Lord has a word for you. You love your country, you've been a soldier for your country, you love Israel, you shall be a soldier for Israel. You've got a God-breathed message, but don't go where you're not invited. Oh, that's what I've been doing wrong, going where I wasn't invited. And have these churches and these so-called Christians mock you and condemn you and humor you to the peril of their own soul. Mock me, humor me, denigrate me to the peril of their own soul and their own eternity, maybe, in some cases. The Jews shall again see the gates of Jerusalem, and I've seen it many times since then. I've lectured the Jewish folks in Jerusalem, 10 hours worth. I've, I've lectured the Messianic believers over there, about three hours worth. And I've talked to people all over the place, all over this globe, about what's going on. And I'm here because I love you. You've got to get smart. You've got to make some preparations. You're not going to be raptured. That's that's not even in my Bible. I'll go in that some other time. Anyhow, we're at the end of the program. It's already 9.01. I love you. I'm here. Your producer has stuck his neck out to put on this program. I'm going to pray for you before I go. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to bless the listeners. Watch over them. Be with them this night and from this night on. And we'll see them again shortly, Lord. Be with them. Watch over them and give them the desires of their heart according to your riches and glory. But show them what's happening quickly that they might prepare. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. My Jewish brothers and sisters, if you're listening, you better get on your horse. You better make Aliyah, ship your stuff to Israel, and get on a plane and get out of here now. Because these Muslims are coming. They are coming. And we've been warning you for years. Okay, folks. Shalom, shalom. Amir Shokai Tamid. See you next time. Thanks, Al. Ladies and gentlemen, it was Al Cuppet on Freedom Fighters for America World Radio, and thank you for tuning in to this broadcast.
Freedom Fighters for America World Radio is sponsored by Freedom Fighters for America. Thank you for tuning in to Al Cuppet's broadcast on February 23rd, 2015. Where's the 2000? Oh, excuse me. February 26th, 2015. Thanks for tuning in.